You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. I'm joined today by Justin Davis, Scoop, Mitch Dyer, Scoop, Colin Moriarty. Beyond, you broke it. This is <laughs> this is GameScoop episode two hundred and ninety nine point nine. Almost math. <laughs> Almost at 300. Last week at PAX East, Mitch, you were there. I was there. We did episode 299 and a half. Okay. We getting, did, this is 0. .4 more episodes. Yes. Getting closer to yeah, episode like 3. Like review scale. Episode 300. <laughs> it's going to be next week. Uh, I'm going to tell you all about it. We just need a little bit more time to prepare it. But hopefully you'll be joining us live. We're going to be live streaming GameScoop 300 next week. Next Friday, 11 a.m. Pacific. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned. We've got special prizes to give away. We're going to be answering all your questions live, and we're going to be playing an awesome new game. It's going to be fun. I didn't know any of this. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> you just you learned know. along with everybody else. Yeah. How did, uh, how did PAX go? How did the PAX GameScoop go? I think it went really well. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> uh, we put up the video of it yesterday, so that's up now, and uh, everyone seemed to be uh, really You can watch it. it now and see two IGN editors kiss. <laughs> it's true. It's pretty hot stuff. <laughs> I looked at the phone. It looks like Greg was giving Marty the tongue, but he says um, no. He says he no. He says no, but I think he you just, know the score. With Marty, there's just a lot of beard that you have to get through. <laughs> <They're> really, <laughs> you have to really go in for it. Yes. Anyway, GameScoop 300, yes. next Friday, April 25th, live, 11 a.m. Pacific. Hey, that's my birthday. I, oh. There you go. That's why we did it. Oh, that's why we planned. So sweet. That's why we pushed it back a little bit. We, planned it, we planned it 300 weeks yeah, ago. Man. You guys are so considerate. You're good friends. Also, what are we doing for your birthday? Are we, I don't are we doing something? Figure it out. Yeah, you should do something. Uh, we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about uh, a possible Resogun update that's coming. Coming. We're going to be talking about the games we're gaming. But first, lead story this week: over seven million PlayStation Fours have now been sold. 
That's a lot. Console gaming is dead, Damon. <laughs> <laughs> TVs are going away. It's all about Oculuses on your faces forever. Yeah. That's a, that sounds like a lot. It's, it's a lot. In, it's the most... I mean, in, is it five months now? Six months? How long has it been out? It's uh, five and a half months about. It's the fastest console selling console still in history. Um, yeah. And uh, outpacing uh, the Wii, uh, Wii's historic sales by about wow. 1.5 million units. That's a lot. Um, uh, so, yeah, doing very, very well. And this is sold to consumers, too. This is not shipped. Um, so... Seven million in homes. Yep. So doing very, uh, yeah. very well. Not so well in Japan. Pretty well everywhere else. What do you uh, know when you say not so well? Like about five hundred thousand like... sold in Japan so mm. far, which is I think it's they sold been two se- months. They sold so. seven thousand last week, um, <sighs> which is bad. There are no games. So, okay. Mm. Uh, Yakuza Aishin was probably the biggest game on the console, but it's also on PS3. Mm. Um, Natural Doctrine was a was supposed to be a pretty big game, but that's on Vita and PS3. Ground Zero so, is also yeah, on exactly. everything. So like, th- there's just no there's no reason to buy one yet. Once they have that. That big reason to buy one, mm-hmm. which I don't know what that's going to be. Sweet in six. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe be like. Oh, a, a, that would be awesome. I don't don't even. Oh, now you <laughs> say my heart hurt. Welcome to every day of my life. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> I know those games are so good. So good. Uh, the last update we got on sales was like five million, and that was last month. Yeah, that was going to be my right? question is because I know we got the five million update. It was when yeah. it launched in Japan, right? Yeah. So yeah. They, February twenty second. Yeah. And so that's what jumps out to me. Like the seven million is an awesome number, but what's even crazier about it is that the it's, leap. Yeah, it's not like slowing down. Like the acceleration or that pace is sort of continuing. Like today is MPD day. Mm-hmm. We will yeah, find so out we'll how much it. of an effect Infamous yeah. had on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we keep hearing from people that it, it can, it's still hard to find in some places. People can't even find a PS4. Yeah, there's wow. still scarcity, and I don't think it's. We've talked about this before on the show, but I don't think it's manufactured scarcity. I think they actually can't make enough of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had to take some off the supply chain to bring them to Japan, um, and they're also in many countries that you know, like more actually than Xbox One. So. Um, it's it's probably difficult for them to keep the supply chain fresh, but I think the biggest thing about this is not how many they've sold, which is historic, and not, not that they beat their own estimate by about twenty five percent, which is you know huge for a company like Sony that is struggling. Um, but that they're doing this with no games. Um, there's the you know Infamous was the first substantial yeah. first party AAA game, um, and now like what's now what's the next one right? Uh, Drive Club, The Order, that's basically it. Drive Club, you know, who the hell even knows what's going on with that game. Yeah. The Order is supposed to come out this fall. We'll see about that. Um, and, you know, there's uh, scant third-party offerings. But what I think what this really says is people like the device. They like the system. They're excited about its future. And I hope it indicates that people are opening up more to indie, the indie uh, ecosystem and, and the smaller games that are on the system as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, when we say there are no games, we just mean no big AAA games. Yeah. But I, there's been a, you know... Quantity-wise, there are a lot of games. Yeah. There's been a steady stream of, like... Good yeah. stuff. I, mean, to I, say this, I say this every day. We talk about the PS4 and indie stuff, but like, I'm not kidding when I say literally every day. Sony is announcing a new indie yeah. For, yeah. for PS4, PS3, Great, and yeah. Vita. Well, mm-hmm. it's like that gap between. It used to be there was Xbox Live Arcade and PSN, but generally, if you wanted smaller indie stuff, like PC was the platform yeah. you had to be on. But that's not the case anymore. Like Mercenary Kings, you know, a lot yeah. of stuff is hitting. A lot of smaller games are hitting Steam and consoles day and date. So if you're not a PC gamer, if that's not your thing, console is now totally a viable option for games like that mm-hmm. in a way they didn't used to be. Over uh, 20.5 million games have been sold. Yes. So that should give you an attach rate of about three games. Yep, right? 2.9. Oh, that's really wow. healthy, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, super healthy. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter were asking me when I tweeted that yesterday. This includes PlayStation Plus games. There's no indication in the, uh, in the verbiage that Sony released that does include PlayStation Plus games. So this appears to be um, retail and digital purchase games. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty good. It's up from 2.3 in January. Uh, so uh, more consoles are out there, which is saturating the PlayStation 4 market, but also more people are buying games, uh, which is good. And that's a very healthy attach rate for a console that is 
six months old. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, what strikes me about this seven million figure is that Sony hasn't really needed to do anything to sell those consoles. I mean, they haven't. This console war, or I don't like to use the phrase console war, the competition between these consoles is very, very young. You know, the Wii outsold everything for years and then ended up falling behind years mm-hmm. later. So who knows what's going to happen years down the road. But this bodes so well for Sony because if sales did slow down, if interest did lag, you know, they can bundle a game in, they can drop the price. Like, they have sure. all kinds of options. You know, I would totally expect to see some sort of healthy bundle for some AAA game in the fall or whenever, you know, whenever everybody that is interested in one of these PS4s buys one. Mm-hmm. The last update we got on Xbox One was in January, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was short. I thought it was, it was around the same time as the PS4 saying the, the PS4 update saying they sold five. Yeah, it was three point nine million. Yeah, it was like just shipped. Short four. Wow, really? Shipped, yeah. yeah, man. So. Yeah, that was. I think that was in January though. That yeah. was a while ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah. They're so probably saying, they they it, might hit four and a half five. With Titanfall. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. you would think that if Titanfall, like I bought that bundle, I know lots of other people yeah. did, you would think that if that did, you know, sort of move a lot of units, they would want to crow about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, that, today will be the day. Yeah, today I mean, indications uh, are that um, PS4 actually outsold Xbox One last month, um, mm-hmm. which is unbelievable. Um, why, I, why do you say unbelievable? Because Titanfall came out last okay, month. So and that, and that, that, you know, Infamous came out too, but... It doesn't carry the same weight. No. Yeah. Um, and if that's that carries out, we'll see MPDs probably when we get out of here. Yeah. Um, that is that is really shocking to me because I thought that Microsoft had it in the bag to the tune of one hundred fifty thousand units mm-hmm. more and more. Like Xbox One is not scarce. There's plenty of them to buy. If you're interested in buying them, you will buy it. Um, so that was not what I expected to happen. And if that's the case, then PS4 is going to be fine because uh, the biggest game of the year for Microsoft. Uh, didn't allow it to outsell PS4, which is which is shocking to me. Sure. The mm-hmm. first half of the year, at least. Yeah, so. we'll see if it has a tail. See if Titanfall can carry it throughout. I don't know the summer. I think sure. it, it, it probably will. It's a good, it's a good game. Yeah, people yeah. really enjoy it. I'm sure it outsold Infamous. Really I'm anxious just, to see the numbers on. Well, you don't, you know, where, how uh, Titanfall and Infamous did. I like that those bundles, the Titanfall bundle, is uh, like it comes in this Titanfall box, right? But it's not an actual Titanfall box. It's a thing that they slipped over an existing uh, Xbox One boss okay. box. So, I mean, that doesn't mean anything, but it did give me a little bit of a chuckle where, like, you know, they didn't even have to manufacture, like, new stuff for it. And, like, you don't get a physical copy of the game, obviously. You just get a code, you know, a digital copy for one. Um. Mm -hmm. And uh, just quick for context, just so, you know, for our Nintendo listeners out there, I was looking into some of the Wii U numbers. Mm -hmm. Nintendo's not very vocal about that. The predictions are between 5.5 and 6 million shipped. Um, So PS4 is already outsold, uh, the Wii U. Um, 3DS is still pacing better than Wii U at this point. Yeah, 3DS is doing well, years after 3DS is doing really, 3DS you know, was 3DS the best-selling piece of game hardware in 2013. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, trending. I was I actually looking at Japanese sales. This was really it was a weird week, a good week for Sony because uh, I was looking at Japanese media create sales for last week in Japan. Vita outsold 3DS, which I have never in my life seen. Wow. Well. Um, was there a game that came out? What would be? There's a few games. Yeah, Super Robot Tyson or whatever. Oh, nice. The, uh, Those games are awesome. Um, I've never played them. They're great. So Vita's like struggling. Vita's never going to be like a big thing, but like it was interesting to see that everything's kind of trending up for them right now. Mm-hmm. Vita's actually doing really well um, in Japan, not it's anywhere else. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so good week for PlayStation, amongst bad financial times for Sony. Mm. Well, there's also a big PlayStation Four update coming, isn't that right? Yes, uh, update one point seven, mm-hmm. I think it is. Uh, yeah, this will bring uh, some video editing. Uh, that's really ooh, that's abilities. awesome. It is yeah, awesome. <clears throat> it's cool. Um, you can record in different ways now to get longer videos and mm-hmm. cut them up and put segues into them, music, all those kinds of things. Upload them to Facebook, put them on a USB drive, and put them on YouTube. Um, so it's called it's called Share Factory, yeah, right? This yeah. new video editing feature, and it sounds like it'll put it on par with Xbox One. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and that's that's cool. I think the bigger deal for a lot of people is going to be preloading, um, which was promised for a long time, and we have not had it yet on PS4. So if you say uh, pre-order the order uh, and it comes out in September um, or October or whatever, uh, you can pre-order it, and then a few days before, it, the system will download it automatically, and at like 12.01, you can just start playing it mm-hmm. instead of having to download it. Yeah. yeah, becoming more and more PC-like in a good way. You know, the ability to preload digital games, you know, um, stuff. features like that are great. The sharing features are great. They have to get native YouTube uploading. Well, yeah, yeah, so now you're at your... Previously, you could only upload it to Facebook. Right. Now you're going to be able to put it on an external hard drive. Is mm-hmm. that right? I think you could, you could still load your videos onto a USB stick before, I thought. Is that true? No, I never I, tried I, to do I it. I think that... I never do it because I, I, I'm just not that technical and I don't mm-hmm. do that kind of stuff. But as far as I understand it, you can now put in like external USB drives mm-hmm. and put the videos onto it. Okay. Which and I don't then think go to YouTube yeah. from there. That's something yeah. Xbox One still doesn't have is external support. Weird that they have these. Yeah. Yeah. They're covering different bases. Yeah. There's weird stuff missing from these next gen consoles still, and I know they'll get there. Like I'm not worried about it. But like we had, I had a video on a USB stick that I wanted to watch, and I had to put it into my 360 because the PS4 just can't do it. Wow. Can't play video from what a USB weird, stick. Like, oh man. Yeah. I like how how fast Sony is yeah. iterating or addressing these issues. Like. I was disappointed that the PS4 didn't have the same video editing capabilities that the Xbox One has. Yeah. Well, but that, now that's not an issue. Like, it's awesome. Yeah, that, that level of competition, or um, I mean, that's just a perfect illustration of why competition is healthy and they feel a little bit of heat from each other because you know, the PS4 comes out with these sharing features and the Xbox is behind, but when the Xbox does drop their features, they're better, they're more polished, people like them more than Sony's. Um, but now Sony's playing catch-up, you know, so it just, it's better for all of us, right? Mm. Yeah, for sure. No, no indication of when this update hits, Colin? Apparently end of the month, but they haven't put a, a, a date on it yet. Yeah. <coughs> I expect like the last awesome. Tuesday or something. Yeah, this is the uh, Share Factory uh, oh, man. new features that yeah, we're this looks really cool. Yeah. I know, it looks great. I'm a share from the factory. Share <laughs> Factory. <laughs> it's so pretty. Yeah, game's gorgeous. Uh, out this week... I think this week on PlayStation 4 is Pure Chess. Is that right Pure now? Chess, yeah, that did come out this week. You uh, reviewed this game. I did. <laughs> chess is a 10 out of 10 game. Chess is an De 11 facto. out of 10 game. It's the best game ever. Ah, uh, yeah, It's actually a really pretty game. <laughs> uh, it, was, uh, it was on Vita uh, and PS3. It's also on PC and Wii U and a bunch of, a bunch of like, tablet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it came to PS4, gave it, a, gave it a 6.0 just because of its asynchronous online play, its Ooh. correspondence chess style play, which I, I, I just loathe correspondence chess, and it's just not... Now, for uh, the layman, that just yeah. means you're you're not live playing, like, right. you take a turn and then someone else can take their turn whenever they want? Right, like, people used to, in, in, back in the day, and still do sometimes, play correspondence chess, which is basically notation chess. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll send, you'll have your own board in your own house, or whatever, you'll write D3. the notation down, yeah. exactly, then you mail it, this is the way mm-hmm. people in prison play, and, like, a lot, like, you know, different kinds of, you know, when they can't sit across from a table. Um, I hate that kind of chess. I would rather play a game of Blitz um, or a Bullet or just a standard game across, you know, like I used to in Washington Square Park when I was a kid, and I wrote about that in the review. Um, without true multiplayer, chess is not chess, um, no matter how much you like to study the game. And I'm a huge chess fan, and I have been for most of my life. So is um, there no live multiplayer? List? Nope. No, it's crazy, right? That's not pure it's chess! <laughs> Your title's a lie! <laughs> so False it's, advertising. It's cool if you want to play. The, you know, the computer's pretty challenging uh, to play against, lots of different difficulties, tournament play and stuff like that, but like it's just without that essence. Like That essence is playing with someone. It's an absolutely bizarre exclusion. I mean, and it makes sense. Uh, you know, when I did the mobile game stuff at IGN, I really, really liked uh, asynchronous games. You know, I had a whole folder where it was like, Carcassonne and Words of Friends and Ticket to Ride, and I had a whole folder, and I let my turns build up, and then on the train home, 
you know, I would do my turns with all my friends each day or whatever, every couple days, you know, as frequently as I could. And on a mobile platform where you're like popping in and popping out, like that makes a ton of sense. But like that makes no sense for a console game. Yeah, like you want to sit down and play a game of chess against I, somebody and you can't do it. It seems like that should be a, a feature or like a, an option, but why can't you just play like a live game against somebody? That that seems Yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, I I used to use this thing called Internet Chess Club ICC, which is like a paid program you play on PC. I, I used it in the late 90s, early 2000s. Then again, when I moved out here to San Francisco, and I let my thing elapse. But that is like the premier place to play chess with people online. And it seems like if they could do that, and it was running on my Pentium 1 back in the day, uh, over a 56K modem, that's certainly they can figure it out on PS4 and get a, a live game going. Just like, like I, I like the asynchronous as an option if you want to play correspondence chess. It's yeah, just yeah. Not, that's, that's not the way my mind works when I play chess, and I play chess seriously. Um, and I know a lot of people you know, are, are, are a similar way. You don't even remember what you were doing. You have a strategy yep. built in yeah, up yeah, your head. Yeah. You, can't, you can't write that in notation. You know? mm-hmm. like, so it was, it was a weird, weird game. Yeah, I mean, my gut was that it was just cost-saving, right? Or that was my initial reaction, was they just trying to save some money on the servers, but you still have to have all that, you know, sending those internet packets back and forth to do it asynchronously, so sure. I, don't, I don't understand it. Well, pure chess may not be the pure chess experience. <laughs> no. But the pure Resogun experience is available oh, on PlayStation 4. Still the best game on PS4. People That's get so segment. mad at me when I say that. It is, still, <laughs> it is still the best game on the console. Yeah, I don't know that that is uh, untrue, but... Um, Apparently there's a big update coming. Yes. Have you been following this, Colin? I have. I don't know what it is. I don't think that they've said what it is. All they've said is that they promised that it'll make Resogun even better. Well, so they've, Housemark, the developer, tweeted, imagine, they, they tweeted this, this message. Imagine Resogun, right? Got it. Now, <laughs> Done. Now imagine it so much better that you almost forget how good the original was. Uh, man. That is coming. Could someone remind me how good Resogun was? <laughs> I forgot. So good, man. They're and then so they posted good. a photo of two of the developers on a couch together, both holding controllers. So mm. it seems like there's some sort co-op of like co-op, or or co-op yeah. mode that's coming. Local yeah. two-player co-op mode in Resogun. I hope it's more than that, but, you know... That'd be the most and I hope, disappointing of it. Like, <laughs> and now it's two-player! Oh, thanks, guys. I mean, that game is just so, on a gameplay yeah, level, it's, it's just so good. And I, I keep saying this to people, and, and some people roll their eyes, but Housemark <laughs> is the, the best uh, developer that no one talks about. Stardust um, is incredible. And, they, like, they only make good games. Actually, they only make great games. Mm. You know, you'd be you'd have to go way, 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 way back to the '90s to find a game that they made natively that, that wasn't great. I know? like I like Dead Nation a lot too. Yeah, Dead Nation's awesome. Outlands good. Uh, oh yeah, Super Relic Stardust. Relic. Yeah, um, and obviously Resogun. I mean, they just make good games. They know what they're doing. Mm. Anyway, <clears throat> apparently there's a big update for Resogun coming. Since we know more about that, we'll share it with you here. Now's the time on Game Soup when we talk about the games we're gaming. Mm. Now that Hearthstone is on iPad, uh-huh. that's pretty much, I think that's just the only game I'm going to play for the rest of my life. Just shut it down. We're never going to see Damon again. So No more good. DJ shows. You don't so have time. It's cutting I, into your Hearthstone. I know, yeah. Just, I, I was at my desk playing it today. I was winning a bunch of rounds. I won the uh, uh, Defeat Five People as a Warlock quest. So you, I'm playing the iPad version for work right now to update my review, but then I saw Damon Hatfield has signed on. Yeah. Like, what do you, you don't have an excuse. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, had to, I, had, I had to talk about it on GameScoop. Oh, we've, sure. we've all got to become Battle.net bros now. Yeah, yeah exactly. For sure. For sure. Um, this game's so good. I keep saying it. I, the, if someone doesn't like a game, they download it, they try it, they don't like it, fine. But like, if you won't even try it, 
that's when I get so frustrated. <laughs> People are like, nah, it's a card game, and I'm not into that. And I'm like, it's free. Just download it and try it. It's a free, it's, very good, very smart card game. Yeah. Like you, It's got so this good. incredible sort of tutorial that eases you in. Like it's, I'm playing that part of it now, and it yeah, is, the tutorial like, is so fun. it's really intelligent. Yeah, it's like super fun, and like just go through that. Go through those tutorial matches and see how you feel. And if you don't like it, delete it, and then you know, you'll have Justin off your back. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so good. And there's new stuff coming this summer. Yeah, there's a single-player campaign coming. Yep. That'd be really good. You had some theories about that. You, th- you thought there were some worries you thought might be expensive. Oh, well, that's, yeah, that's just the fear. Like, we have all these details. All the details sound great, but what we don't know is price. Yeah. And, like, I, I hope that it's not too much money, that's all. Sure. That's valid. Is there any in-game currency where it's like, you've earned a yeah. thousand gold that you can now spend on the campaign? Yeah, they're actually pretty generous with it. Okay. If you do, they do, you get a daily quest each day where it's like, win five games as a warlock or, you know, whatever. And those, Dang. if you do those daily quests, you'll get a free pack of cards about every other day. That's really good. Yeah. Sure. What do you think, Colin? Would you try Hearthstone? Yeah, I would. I mean, I, I like customizable card games a lot. I mean, when I was when I was uh, a, a young man in the uh, in the nineties, <laughs> low those years uh, ago, I used to play. Uh, you know, I was I was into Magic back in the day a little bit, but then I I liked Star Wars customizable card game a mm. lot. I mm. really really liked that game. I thought it was really fun and really deep. Um, but then it became too expensive, yeah. and I had to move on to other things and stuff like that. And I like the idea of these card games as they have been for several years, segueing to the digital space. Um, so I think like many card games, I was really confused when we were talking about Magic mm-hmm. uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I messed with that a little bit. I'm not good enough to play those games online. Um, yep. But I was confused that the, you know, they're not on PlayStation platforms at all. And I was looking this year, and I was looking mm-hmm. into that, and I don't quite ha- understand why, but I feel like those games would be perfect on Vita. Um, sure. And sure. Uh, so I had to break my iPad. I download games on it every once in a while. I'm not super fond of playing games on it, but... This game and a couple others that people have been telling me about uh, recently in the... In the oh, that threes, call. Yeah, yeah, people have been talking about like oh, a lot of these games, right? That, sure. that I just, you know, because I'm so obsessed with just playing Vita when I lay in bed <laughs> at night in my underwear. Yeah. Uh, that uh, I have to kind of give some of these iPad games a, a more of a shake. I, I, I meant to tell you, I uh, met with the Magic guys at PAX mm-hmm. last week and I asked them uh, why Magic 2015 isn't coming to PlayStation platforms and they gave me a very corporate... Prepared response. We're yeah. very excited about the future of Magic. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, <laughs> we're focusing on we're focusing on the announced platforms for right now. We have, don't have anything else to announce. It's clear time. that they, they're it's probably Why? not coming. Why? Don't even talk to me if you're not going to talk. Yeah, like if you're a, not going to talk to a human being. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a little frustrating. I, I I only looked into that. People were like, "Why are you looking into this? Why are you curious about this story?" Because I noticed a really unique amount of anger in the comments from people when they were like, "Where is the PlayStation version?" I don't care. I'm not going to play the game. It doesn't bother me. But like people were like, I invested three years of this on PS3, and I bought all your card packs, and I spent you know fifty dollars on this, and now yeah. you're just going to abandon my platform. And and I think that that's a that's a reasonable it's, kind it's, of a- anger people have for about sure. It. Yeah, it's, it's a very strange omission. Yeah. What was the? My brain's not working. There was a game today that's not announced for Xbox One. Oh, Spider-Man Two. No, yeah. it, it was announced. It is announced. It's oh. apparently canceled. Like yeah, one so version. The, it's like there was the rumor came out that it was canceled, so we all reached out to Activision, who said like. Very excited about Spider-Man. It's coming to PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3. We list everything except Xbox One. We're like, hmm, okay. What about 360? And, yeah, yep, it's coming to 360. It's coming to But everything. not Xbox One. Just that one Which is interesting. Yeah. Do you think that that it's would wild. be the one they would cancel if so they had I don't know, sales like, problems? Maybe it's a cert problem. Like, part of the game is broken. They just can't fix it. they got to mm. delay it. I don't know. I don't know. It's really strange. Also playing Trials Fusion, yeah. which is out this week. Yes. Me too. 
guys are playing that. I loaded it last night. Really fun. I like. I love the Trials games. So game's yep. too hardcore for me, man. Too hardcore. And in, really? in, in, in the sense that, like, I feel like I'm playing Excitebike, but it's 50 times harder. Like, yeah. I like. I just. I'm I, super I played, down with that. I played it. I, it's just I'm not into racing games really. I really. I really <laughs> like what the game's doing. I played it a little bit with uh, Vince because he was reviewing it. And he needed yeah. some help with local multiplayer. And I'm like, man, yeah. I just don't have the steady thumb for this game. You know. Or, I think. I don't think it gets. Frustrating until like the later stages. Yeah. Like, at least like the, the you could play it through the first half of it, and I think it's all just breezy and fun. That's the weird thing about trials games is the end of the game is generally less fun than the first half. Sure. Which is you know the, the really courses difficult. become really really technical yeah. and uh, and, uh, and then they become more like platformy and like you know you need to bunny hop your way yeah, over. Yeah, it's things. less about racing and more about technically understanding. Like yeah. I I know how to control this bike. In a, I, like a granular level. It's funny that Colin mentions a steady thumb because I never made the connection till just now that uh, this reminds me of like a 2D Super Monkey Ball. Uh, sh- sure. Well, like in, in that way of like you need to like, you, you have to feather the throttle. You have to, yeah, like it makes me think of that sort of same, it puts me in the same headspace. Like mm. they're very, very different games, but like it's super pure control wise. You're really just doing these, you know, accelerate, lean. Yep. That's all you're doing. There's no buttons. They had tricks in this one, but. Um, they're kind of superfluous. Yeah, that's my big thing about Trials Fusion is I love the Trials games so much that I'm happy to give them 20 bucks and play it. But the stuff that they did add, like I don't really care about the trick system. I, it, it, for me, it's just more Trials. Like yeah, The I, stuff yeah. that the sequel adds, I'm, I, I can that. take or leave. We were talking about some technical issues. I'm playing on Xbox 360, and I don't know if it was just optimized for current-gen platforms, but it's a little it's like stuttery. You know, like when you, in each course you pass checkpoints, and sometimes at a checkpoint, it'll like freeze for a second. Oh, so man. it totally like flows it. Yeah, have that. Your flow. Yeah, it's not it, a game like that. It doesn't do that on the PS4. That's what I'm playing it on. But uh, if you restart, which you do a lot, there'll be textures popping in. Yeah, same on Xbox One. And I don't understand. Like they know. Like they know their game. They know this is a game where like you go, oops, restart, oops, restart, and every single time, like this car has to pop in every single time, and it's jarring. Well, the ground weird. looks like it's one color, and then oh yeah, right, detail yeah. pops yeah. in. Yeah. We also the or, voice clips. We'll oh repeat. yeah, you're saying you hear the rehear the and so fusion set in the future. Like I didn't know anything about this game. I'm like I know I'm gonna buy it, so I don't need to read the previews. So maybe this is old news to everybody, but it's set in like this future, sort of this post-apocalyptic future, mm-hmm. and uh, this voice, this sort of portal-esque voice, like says things yeah. to you sometimes. But every time you is restart, she like flirting with you. And yeah, I, she I flirts with you. It's kind of weird. She's, she's like, let's go hit the showers, yeah, right. and she's <laughs> like, no, no, you go hit the showers. Does I'll stay have here. A chance? I don't know. Um, but these voice clips will repeat every single time you restart. Like you miss a jump, restart. Same clip, same yeah. clip, same clip. So there's some weirdness in it, but it's still the same track. It's still totally fun. Yeah, for sure. Finally, uh, for the flight to PAX, I downloaded Retro City Rampage on my 3DS. But I wasn't, I couldn't really get into it. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't feeling that game very much either. It um, seems some people like really swear by that game. I know, and it, it got great reviews, and it seems like it'd be up my alley, but... It was just maybe a little too precious with all the like references to yeah. everything. It's just that like, was my it's thing just too. Never stops. And yeah, it's like, like, there's, yeah. No, there's no moment for you to digest the comedy or appreciate yeah. the nostalgia before it's just like, and then another joke. I love the look of it. Yeah, and, and it's, it is fun. Like there's yeah. a lot of like the driving around cars and smashing into stuff and blowing stuff up. Like all of that is really good. It's a GTA Saints Rowy kind of game, top down, yeah. old school style, big big style, but not a whole lot of substance for me. I agree. Justin, what are you playing? Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, mostly. Mm-hmm. Still playing some Diablo, but I've moved over to ESO. Um, I wasn't even going to get it. I was going to wait and get the console version, but then I got it for work, and now I can't stop. Um, so you're into it? Yeah, super into it. <laughs> it's it, it's a strange game because I recognize that it's flawed. Like, I love it for me. I go home and play it every night, but I would have a hard time recommending it to other people, necessarily, because it is super slow-paced. There are bugs. You know, There are mm-hmm. issues with it. 
but it's all stuff like it's the right game for me at this moment. Like I log on at night, do some quests, you know, talk to some Argonians, mm-hmm. save 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 a couple villages, and then I log off, and it's perfect. And I like it slow pace. Are there a lot of people playing? Uh, not as many. This is all anecdotal because sure. who knows how many servers they have and whatnot. But the world does seem emptier than uh, like a game like Final Fantasy XIV, for mm-hmm. example. Interesting. It's really for me. I don't play a lot of MMOs, but FF14 and Elder Scrolls Online are like polar opposites. Where FF14 is a sprint. Everyone's running around as fast as they can. They have these <laughs> world events pop up, and people sprint there and do them, and they're happening every three minutes. Whereas ESO is very slow, and like each quest is usually like eight stages, and like to save this village, you only need to collect the stuff, then go do this, and then go do that, and it's all voice acted. So uh, you know, I you can sit and read the lore books, and like mm. it's much more of like a like I'm willing, and I play in first person, which people howl at me about in these let's plays we're doing. <laughs> Because I don't have like the situational awareness yeah. that you know I would if I was playing in third person, but it lets me just be enveloped in that world. Like I just escape into Tamriel for a little bit each evening. I think it's great. That's how I played Skyrim in first person. Yeah, yeah for sure. Your shield up there, <laughs> Mitch. What are you? What are you gaming? Uh, I mean, I've fallen back into a Dota hole Ooh. where all I'm doing is just playing new heroes in Dota as often as possible and yeah. failing miserably at them. <laughs> and, you know, learning my lessons and going back to playing the two or three characters <laughs> that I do now. Uh, but to try and get away from just playing Dota. I, Played uh, on the plane to packs. I played through Monument Monument Valley on iPad. I, I need to play that. I hear great things. That, about that game is awesome. It's really simple. It's it's complicated in like the sense that oh, it's about perspective in the same way that Fez is. Like it's an Escher style painting where you're moving this character around and telling her to go here, and then you drag that platform to a different place that you didn't think it could get to, but it looks like you can. So you can, like you rotate the. It's it's like a puzzle game version of Fez. So yeah, where of. like okay, you have a character here, and now you spin the world a little right. bit. And now the platform connects to somewhere else, right. and you rotate back, and you're on the other side of the map. Mm. It does really interesting stuff like that. But it has, it, it seems complicated, but it's actually really simple. It's a little easy. Like I think people who are looking for a challenge will be kind of disappointed, because it's more about just getting through it and seeing it, and having the, that quick moment of like, Eureka, I did it. Ah, mm-hmm. that's how I get here. Cool. Um, it's, it's also a, like three bucks, which is great yeah, for and five or whatever. It is gorgeous. The music is excellent. Uh, it's got like a weird story that I'm kind of into. Uh, Marty Slebo was not a super big fan of the story, but it's got like religious undertones that are subtle, and hmm. you play this princess who maybe isn't exactly the kind of good girl that you think she is, and it's got a couple really mm-hmm. good character moments. Cool. Monument Valley is really good. I'll just check it out. Colin, what you been playing? Uh, last weekend I platinumed South Park, uh, Stick oh, yeah. of Truth, nice. platinum number 43. <laughs> um, and Not that he's keeping track. No, no, no. And that game is just... Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Easily the best game of the year so far, in my opinion. Um, and definitely game of the year material as far as I'm concerned. I think yeah. that game is absolutely brilliant. And I'm not even really into South Park. I agree with you mm-hmm. up until the point where I straight up can't proceed. Because it broke. Oh, it broke for you? Oh, it, yep. didn't, break, it didn't break for me. I'm Man. sorry. Every time people talk about how good it is, I'm like, I would love to keep playing. And I can't. There's a moment That's where so you go Damn. to uh, your home country in the game. I know. Um, I'm and it's just, it's so fun. It's just unbelievable. Like, I was just like, this is even cooler than the game already was. <laughs> um, so I highly recommend that game. But uh, I've been playing a lot of Mercenary Kings on PS4. That game is great. Um, yeah. Frustrating at times, but definitely if you're an old school gamer, like, you know, I know you are and I am. Which uh, game is this? Mercenary, oh, Mercenary Kings. Kings, yeah. Uh, just... Really, really fun. Really, really hard. Um, and uh, still working my way through that. I'm supposed to. Re- I'm supposed to review it. I really want to beat it first, but it's taking forever for me to get through the game. Um, 
So that's a lot of fun. And then I've been playing Rainbow Moon on Vita, which is a... Which How is are a, you still playing which this is a, game? Which is a, an old uh, it's JRPG. It's 240 hours long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a really long game. It's like talking to like Disgaea addicts. I'm yeah. still playing, man. Yeah, it's, it's been six years, I'm still playing Disgaea too. So yeah. I, I've been messing around yeah, with that best. game. You gotta I, go I, into really your good. belt and upgrade it. Yep, yep. Because <laughs> I platinumed uh, Velocity Ultra a few weeks ago on Vita, and I was really playing that game a lot on Vita, and, and I didn't even really know what to do next, because that was like all I was doing was playing that friggin' game, which is an excellent game. Um... And uh, so I went, I went back to Rainbow Moon because I want to get the Platinum in that, too. Um, Don't they have a new game coming out? Yeah, Rainbow Skies. Yeah. Um, PS3 and Vita later this year. Uh, very talented studio, SideQuest mm-hmm. Studios, the guys that did uh, Soldner X, which I know you, I know you yeah. like that game, and I really like that game, too. Um, so okay. yeah, that's why Just I've been bring, the, bring the Soldner games to PS4. I'd play those. Yeah. Uh, Hell those yeah, man. Those, those, were, those were underrated games, really mm-hmm. fun games. And, I, and, and I'm just kind of you know, lying in wait for Borderlands 2, which I think we're going to get on Vita soon. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I love? A version on PS4 is remember the PSN game Horde. Yes, Ooh, I love Horde. Horde. Gosh, that game is so fun. That's what a, a weird f- reference to pull out of your hat. Well, he, we were just came, talking about PSN games. It came and, up at PAX, didn't it? Yeah, it was, it's like, it's like it's, those guys are what, making another. Yeah, he's game. making another new game that sounds cool. I can't remember so, what it is. Is that the one that his uh, Marty? He was impressed with the elevator pitch. Is that the one? Oh, Darkest anyway. Dungeons. Oh Dark, yeah. yeah, Darkest Dungeon. It looks so he, fantastic. I think that's the Horde guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it is them. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Darkest Dungeon looks. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Huge Kickstarter success. Incredibly innovative idea for RPG. Um, everybody should keep their eye on that game. Horde, right. man. Good, good reference. Good horror, so. I really did love that game. Yeah. Very good. Uh, all right, let's <clears throat> check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Hello, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. Just like James Glass did, James is worried. Mm-hmm. One, he's worried that next-gen graphics... Might be too realistic. Man, it's all too real. <laughs> I can't take it. It's too real. He says, I had an epiphany after finishing Infamous Second Son. Epiphany. While I can't deny the game is beautiful, there isn't anything about its graphics that really impressed me. Really? Interesting. <laughs> Between this game, The Order 1886, Watch Dogs, Destiny, Battlefield 4, Witcher 3, Dragon Age, Deep Down, The Division, most AAA games are starting to look the same. Last gen, Gears of War actually had a unique style, even though it was all gritty. But these days, it seems like Nintendo and indies are the only ones really experimenting artistically. Am I the only one bothered by this? I don't think you need to have an exaggerated or sensationalized art style to be interesting. Like, The Division looks incredible to me because it's, like, yeah, it's a hyper-realistic thing, but it's all about character designs and the aesthetic of the world. Like, you have this New York City that's dim and dark and has all this detail of, like, just rubbish everywhere and things are just overgrown and... That kind of stuff looks really interesting to me, even though it is vividly realistic. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think I agree that Infamous and Witcher 3 and Dragon Age Inquisition all look similar. No, not at all. I, I don't agree with that either. The only thing that sticks out to me is, isn't it James Glass, that's his name? Yeah. Wasn't that the fictional boyfriend in, <laughs> of Jam Brady? Is it James Glass? I remember it's something yeah. Glass. Yeah. Wow, okay. right. <laughs> just we, a little Brady Bunch reference yeah, for you, that's all. Good. Say hi yeah. to Jan for us. I, I don't think I agree either, but James does have a point in that, you know, if you're making <clears> a game set in the real world, if you're making, you were talking about this, if we were making a very, like, military shooter, for example, yeah. like... The more realistic you make them, by definition, aren't they going to start looking more like... I think there is something to be said for that. Maybe like, with first-person shooters, like Call of Duty sure. Battlefield. Sure, maybe. They have less room for you know, individualization and personalization. I think that's an opportunity for really art design to shine through. You know, If mm-hmm. you have... If, if te- gr- graphics technically are reaching this plateau where you know, humans look like humans, trees look like trees, 
you know, the way that you can differentiate yourself is in the actual art design of your world and, uh, you know, your space. Like, Seattle's set in Seattle, but come on. Like, they take liberties with it and do things to make it look gorgeous and interesting in a way that, you know, a real city might be a little bit more mundane. Yeah, I mean, um, infamous, especially with Seattle, like, a venue we all know and love in Seattle is the Crocodile. Looks mm-hmm. completely different in Infamous. It's not it's big. It's as big as it's in the game. Sensational. It's right there. This is yeah. this not the Crocodile, but we love it. Beautiful yeah. design. So, so I do think that that is an opportunity, you know, in a game like The Witcher or whatever, like you said, character designs, where, yeah. like, yeah, this is a person, but it's almost more like a movie, where, like, if a movie is obviously set in, you know, the real world, or many movies, movies are. Movies look too real, man. But, like, <laughs> I can't take it. with their sets and costumes and yeah. lighting and angles, you can still set a mood and, you know, make two movies that are even shot in the same building or in the same space look completely differently. Yeah. And so video games are going to, you know, start hopefully getting better at, at that sort of art design now yeah. that they have... If they know, have, if they're talented artistic designers, you know, yeah. watching over the project, for sure. Sounds like we respectfully disagree. <laughs> Or maybe we just maybe we can just uh, uh, reassure him that maybe he doesn't need to be worried so much. This is Andy. Uh, he's wondering about Oculus Rift and Project Morpheus. He says, "I'm very excited about Oculus and Morpheus. I hope they'll be a success and will bring us the next evolution of gaming. I am, <laughs> however, wary of the progression of technology and what impact this could have. As graphics become more and more lifelike, as you become more and more immersed in games." Would all games still be enjoyable? A game like Outlast, for example, could be too realistic to the point where it could cause major stress. It would probably be too much for the majority of people. Mm. Is that something that many people would really want to experience? Would a game still be fun if you were in a super realistic shooter where you felt like you were actually on the beach and saving Private Ryan with limbs flying everywhere and people being shot up a few inches from where, from where you stand? I mean, that's kind of what games are going for anyway, right? Like, sure. the whole point of Out- Outlast is to have like, incredible levels of stress happening to you right. all, like, all the time. And I don't know if having an Oculus increase that would be, like, would negatively affect it. I mean, I think that's totally a valid point. Like, I already don't like spooky things, don't like scary games, you. don't yep. like scary movies, and so... I don't I, want to be confined to it. Right, so I already avoid them. Yeah, You know, too. I'm like, I know this isn't something I'm into. So on the Oculus side, like, yeah, people will sort of decide or find for themselves, like, what intensity level is right yeah. for them. Like, I think... So let's imagine a, a fully immersive experience where right. you're in a horror game. Yeah. I think, sure, some people would want to do that, for sure. Yeah. People that like horror movies, some people don't, some people do, but there mm-hmm. are definitely people that would want to experience that. Yeah. I, I kind of hope in our lifetime we'll get to experience real immersive VR. Sony was experimenting with that technology. Like, so like Matrix-style VR. We were actually yeah. in a world. You're not like holding a control or anything, but it's like, and Sony was experimenting with that VR. It's like wireless Technology that like sort of like beams the game to, into your brain and like makes your brain think that you're in the game. Nope. I love it. It's crazy. Nope. I mean, I just love how crazy and sci-fi. Get out of it is. my head. Uh, I think. Yeah. Like if if I were presented with that opportunity, someone said, "Do you want to be fully immersed in a Matrix-like world?" Yes, I would totally. Do Which that. pill do you take? Yeah. There's totally a fair point that like an M-rated game today is not the same as an M-rated game on the Super Nintendo. Like I had a Mutant League game where like people would explode into pixels of you know goop. You know, and that's not the same as if you were to play an M-rated game now. It's the same rating. They're both for you know 17 and over. And like, if you add a layer of VR onto that, like hacking someone's arm off or something, like sure, I can totally see how that's going to cross a line for some people. That maybe that line doesn't get crossed. I just crossed don't think Oculus would enhance it anyway. Like, I will always be as uncomfortable chopping someone to pieces in Rise <laughs> as I would be if I was playing that game with a Rift. Sure, that's a fair point. I think if they, you know, get some sort of motion control, you know, bring back the PS Move or whatever, you have some headset on your hand, you know, you're moving and it's right in your face with blood splattering. Like, if someone said, "Hey, that really bothers me. That's too much," I would say, "Yeah, I yeah. respect that. Well, sure, I get that. yeah." Um, 
I think there are going to be some people that are yeah. fine with it. Cool. I don't know. What do you think, Colin? No, I think, I mean, I've always been really skeptical of VR until, um, and the promise of VR until I played Oculus last year at E3, which was really one of the most mind-bending experiences of my mm -hmm. life. Like, I played E-Valkyrie and, and was just just completely enamored with it. I actually asked to play it again. And I, I really never did. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Then I played um, Morpheus at, at GDC. The B-roll's really funny. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Scott. And uh, I played Morpheus at GDC, and it's the same thing. It's actually a more comfortable version of, mm. of, of uh, Oculus. And I played um, Eve again, but I also played, which I love, but I also played a Sony London uh, demo where you're put into a, you know one of those submersible tanks or one of those cages that, you know, and, and the sharks are swimming mm. around and stuff. And I, I remember just going to myself like, huh, like this is really crazy. You know, like I'm in this space. They would allow you to use PlayStation Move to like, theoretically, so like you can put your hand out and like move it around and see it. You can look down and see your body. Sharks are like swimming around, you turn around, it's like behind you, no stutter in the frame rate or anything like that. I was like, this isn't the game I want to play, but this is the promise of getting those games. And, and frankly, as a history dude, I would love to storm Normandy in 1944 right. and see what that was all about. You know, like, in a, in a digital kind of way, I think it would be horrifying and scary, yeah. but man, so was reading the road. That was scary, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, I, I think that's exciting. I, don't, I, I agree, I don't think it's going to be for everybody. Sure. I think VR's problem is not that, though. I think VR's problem is... is cost and yeah. and it's one of those things like me I'm a, I'm a video game professional I guess in this industry and I was totally skeptical of VR it took me trying it yeah, yeah. to understand it and that's going to be the same for everybody so like yeah. how are you going to get this thing onto people's heads right well it's the difference between trying it and believing in it and actually being able to afford it and thinking this is definitely worth my money and there are products related to it that I'm confident in like Sony's PlayStation 4 doing really well we talked about that you release Morpheus for two, three hundred dollars, and you have a few games that support it. Like, is that going to drive sales? Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. That's I, a I don't, huge I don't know. inhibitor. Seems like yeah. it seems like a boondoggle in a way, but I, I think, yeah. in a way, it's more like financially. I think it's more realistic than Oculus in the sense that, um, and I didn't think about this until I was talking to someone about it. Um, in the sense that you need an expensive rig to use to use Oculus theoretically, right? Mm -hmm. um, and PS4 is four hundred dollars, which is cheaper um, than most of these uh, these high end computers. Plus, it has processing power of its own. Um, so I don't. I don't know. I, I agree. I think there's like all these issues that have nothing to do with the immersive experience. I think the experience is the thing that's going to sell it, if anything does. Um, but I'm most curious about how the market deals with it. Sure. It's just going to be having VR sex. That's that'll be the killer app. <laughs> that's that's, what that's it, actually that, yeah, really it always true. Always is. That's actually. It's like once the porn industry. percent. We thought that true. would be the connect killer app. Still right. waiting. Once the porn industry got high Blu-ray, HD DVD was dead. That was it. Surely there are adult <laughs> film companies that bought. An Oculus Rift dev kit, and are working on that, right? Yeah. For sure, man. I guarantee you. I think of I think of the old episode of uh, Married with Children, where Bud gets uh, gets already. a, a v, like he's in virtual reality, and that's like what it's all about <laughs> with him, like, all these chicks. And this was in like what 1991, so they <laughs> had the right coming idea. true. <laughs> Married with Children predicted that, everything, dude. What a show! No, oh, yeah, the show is magnificent. Great. That show is fantastic. A superb, so good program. Um, all right, one more uh, email this week. This is from Hunter. Which I think is my favorite class in Hearthstone. Mm, really? Yeah. Oh man, it might be my least favorite. Oh, you get your beasts out there. Uh, all, big all, I don't like that beast synergy. They're all boosting each other. Yeah, boost, sure. beast synergy. Uh, Hunter beast says synergy. Well, yeah. love that. I love that. I play Call of Duty, Battlefield, and many other first-person shooters. Me too. I have recently seen a fall in the quality of most FPS games. Hey, me too. <laughs> Do you guys believe that the reign of the first-person shooter is ending? No. No, definitely not. In no way. No. Uh, so you agreed with them, and ending? you agreed with them. Coming but then, to an end? Yeah. The reign of it. Like, if it's going to be on top. 
Yeah, I think if I think about what people mm-hmm. are announcing and what people are super hyped about, you know, you have stuff like The Witcher, you have Skyrim was the best-selling yeah, game of last generation, um, or certainly up there. Look uh, at stuff like GTA. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, stuff like GTA or Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed, you know, open-world action yeah. games. Um, I don't really feel people getting excited about straight FPS in the same way anymore. Yeah, I mean, if sure. we're talking about, you know, the rain coming to an end, to those points, like, I'd say it already has. We yeah. have other games that people are more interested in. Um, but in terms of, like, shooters decreasing in popularity or going away, like, I absolutely don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. We're going to see a new Battlefield this year. We're going to see a new Call of Duty this year. We're going to see AAA companies investing more and more into FPSs. They haven't even sorted out Battlefield 4 yet, though, have they? No. Like, are they going to announce nope. the Battlefield 5 before Battlefield 4 is sorted out? Oh, uh, man, yes. I bet they do. Wow. I, man, I would bet a lot of money that Battlefield 3 before the last DLC is out, before the servers are totally fixed, before yeah. the bugs are totally ironed out. Mm. The most popular upcoming games on IGN, so the most popular games with our audience right now, are Destiny, The yeah. Order, 1886, Witcher 3, Super Smash Brothers, Mario Kart 8, Watch Dogs, The Division, and Sunset Overdrive. Mm. So there are still, there's several first-person shooters half half. in there. I guess Sunset Overdrive is a third-person game, isn't it? Yeah, well, I only count one first-person shooter in there, right? Yeah. Isn't, uh, Destiny. So Destiny. Yeah, Destiny. Uh, the Division is not first-person? No. I guess it's third-person. Well, it's also okay. an RPG. Yeah, it's true. Okay, yeah, so there is only one. Yeah. Well, but I, can't, I half count Sunset Overdrive, and I half count The Order. I was, I mean, I was counting them as shooters, but yeah. I guess yeah, it's different, I mean, yeah. At the point you start separating them because of their perspective, your, it's yeah. semantics at that point. I yeah. think that the argument about if shooters, first-person shooters, are there, and I kind of ignore, like, we're in this kind of bubble where we hear a lot of shit talk about Call of Duty or Battlefield, but these games are massively popular, and sure. people really are excited about them. What I lament more is the death of, the untimely death of the more niche shooter. Um, For example? Like, I, I'm a huge like well-known Resistance fan. Like, I love Resistance, and I think that, like, that was a really unique kind of cool story, really gritty, dark I like that, but I love Singularity by Raven. Now, Raven only does um, Call, you know, of Duty. Call of Duty maps, maps now, now but yeah. like, we don't get those kinds of mid-tier shooters anymore that I think have the, the yeah. leverage to tell unique stories or have unique mechanics, whether in Resistance it was all the unique weapons, or which was really a product of Ratchet and Clank. Stuff or, like Fear. Yeah, Fear. I loved oh, Fear. I loved yeah. Fear 2, and I loved Fear 3. Like, I, I thought that game was a lot of fun. Um, because it's unique and it's different. Now, I play Call of Duty's campaign every, every year. I, I, that's weird. I don't play the game online. I play the campaign. I like it. Um, so I just like playing shooters. Uh, so, yeah, are there more kinds of different kinds of games now? I suppose, uh, but I don't think shooters are going anywhere. Let's remember that the best-selling, you know, we're talking about PS4 sales, 7 million. The best-selling game on PS4 is a first-person shooter, uh, Killzone. So uh, it's not like, you know... Well, the best first-person shooter selling on PS4 is probably Call of Duty. No, not, not on PS4. Really? No, definitely not. That surprises uh, me. P- Killzone's attach rate on PS4 is like one in three. Um, that's so and that and that's a product of the game being examined. It's the same thing that happened with Fall Man with PS3, right? Like mm. that game sold like crazy because it was just a shooter, a unique proprietary, yeah, exclusive shooter. On same console. with Perfect Dark Zero and yeah, Xbox 360. Exactly. So yeah, Call of Duty. Apparently, I don't know the exact numbers, but apparently the next gen Call of Duty games have not sold like that well. Um, I mean, the install base just is yeah, right there. Install base. Everyone bought it on 360. And this fall, that will change. Yeah. yeah. But, but Shadowfall is at like you know almost two and a half million units sold. So um, people are you know people are buying these games. Um, you know, and there's other games to be played. Assassin's Creed or Knack if you're into the have children or whatever, whatever you want to play. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put the tombstone or the chisel <laughs> to the tombstone quite yet. Uh, but I hope that we see these these yeah. more mid tier shooters come back because that's where the interesting stories are told. You speak, you speak of mid uh, mid level shooters. You excited for Wolfenstein? 
Yeah, I, I am. I actually requested that review because I am excited for Wolfenstein. Again, yeah. that's the Raven touchstone with Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Um, and I, I like that series, and I think this game sounds and looks really cool. Yeah. I know some people are down on it, but I think, I think it sounds awesome. I love playing shooters. I'll play almost every shooter that comes to, to console because mm. um, I enjoy them. Uh, also, I was excited to hear Metro and Metro you know, Last Light are coming to... Uh, PS4 and Xbox One as, an, as a collection. I wasn't crazy about Last Light, but those are those are again unique mm-hmm. shooters that we don't we don't see very much of anymore. Call of Juarez. Uh, yeah, I guess. Oh so. yeah, Gunslinger. That Gunslinger came, was good. Um, I, I enjoyed that. Which was the downloadable one that came? Yeah, that was the one that was Gunslinger. Very arcadey. Yeah. Um, that was cool. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe there's a built-in. There's like this foundation of people that buy Call of Duty every year, you know, and maybe will dip their toes into Battlefield or whatever, and then that's kind of just what they play, right? Like, they're not excited for Witcher or Skyrim or whatever. Like, they're just FPS dudes and ladies, you know, and they buy those games every year, and they're kind of invisible in the sense that they're like the millions invisible that are, that are just going to buy it every sure. year, no matter what, you know, until the quality dips it, you know, whatever, they'll get sick of it at some point. But um, same people, you know, like FIFA sells like 15 million copies every year. Like FIFA's also getting better every year. Sure, yeah, but it's like that core group of people where like maybe they're not even reading about games, they're not super yeah. super vocal, they just buy it. Sure. Yeah, we all know those people, right? Like I know, I know, like my cousin, yeah. um, my cousin Jan, who, who's on uh, my PSN list, like he, he's on there all the time playing NHL, Madden, mm-hmm. FIFA, Call of Duty. Yep. Every single time. I've never seen him play anything else. And I, I talk to him, I see my holidays, I'm like, why don't you play, you know, XYZ? He's like, ah, I, I'm in my clan. And like, or in college, like, I knew guys that would play on Xbox, when Xbox 360 came out, we would all play FIFA religiously, you know? Like, that, and they didn't care about anything else. They didn't care about any of the new games. That's, that's, that's what they played. And then when the new one came out, they'd buy it. And the yeah. new one would come out, they'd buy it again. Like, I know dudes like that, too. And I, I think people that are really hardcore gamers, like, if you're someone watching GameScoop and really hyped for, you know, the order and whatever else, like, maybe you look look down your nose at people like that that are just the Call of Duty bros every year, but they're usually, like, at least in my experience, you know, it's like people that don't have a tremendous amount of free time, you know, they're kind of into video games, or they're really into video games when they're younger, and now they're a little bit older, Call of Duty is just their thing. Like, yeah. that's just what they do. Yeah, I think um, that's very common. Yeah. And I'd also encourage people, to Justin's point, like, these people are often, you know, shit upon by a lot of hardcore yeah. gamers or whatever, and I'd encourage you to kind of look at it in a different way. They're essential to the health of this industry. Um, Seriously, and you know they buy hardware and they buy games. Yeah, those are the people buying seven million PS4s. Yeah, those are the people buying Grand Theft Auto. Those are the people buying you know these these tens of millions of units of the Call of Duty franchise. Um, they're essential uh, cogs Thanks, to the guys. wheel, and and allow <laughs> the creation at least typically of maybe higher risk games. Without Call of Duty, there would have been no singularity mm-hmm. because Activision wouldn't have had any money. It's the same thing with Skylanders. Yeah. It allows them to take risks. Then now Activision's not prone to take many risks these days. But you know, it, it spread it around a little bit for the success for every massive game that is you know is successful. We get maybe get an experiment mm-hmm. that that those finances allow for. So I look at it as a positive, personally. Mm-hmm, Plus, sure. I like Call of Duty. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all the scoops we have for you this week, viewers and listeners. Make sure you tune in for GameScoop 300 live next Friday, April 25th, 11 a.m. Pacific, here on IGN. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Colin. Thank you. My name is Damon. This is IGN GameScoop, and we're out.
super powerful robot evil super powerful robot evil super powerful robot evil super powerful super powerful robot super powerful Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.